Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. My name is Megan Choffrey. I'm a filmmaker and production coordinator at R. Frank Photography. I'm John Lyons, a filmmaker, teaching artist, and the executive director of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania. This week, our Film Grain Dinner and a Movie series features the 75th anniversary of film noir classic Double Indemnity, including question and answer with our classic film buff, Brian Sheridan, after the film. Our guest this week is screenwriter Lisa Knight. Our roundtable discussion this week will focus on the first steps and tips for writing a screenplay. Film Grain Dinner and a Movie is our Wednesday night film series. Film Grain is open to the public and takes place in downtown Erie at the Bourbon Barrel, 1213 State Street, Erie, PA. We have a big 16-foot screen with a great buffet that has vegetarian options available and gluten-free options on request. Um, We have couch and table service all night long. You can reserve table seats for $12 and couch seats for $15 through filmsocietynwpa.org. Just click on events. This Wednesday, June 12th, we're showing classic film noir, Double Indemnity. John, what can you tell us about this film? So uh, Double Indemnity is about an insurance salesman who gets roped into a murderous scheme when he falls for a woman intent on killing her husband and living off the fraudulent accidental death claim. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, And then an insurance investigator looks into the case and begins to uncover the sinister truth. Um, so the movie is based on a novel by James Kane, which was in turn based on a true story of Ruth Snyder, the subject of a notorious 1920s murder trial. Um, it's from writer, director, producer Billy Wilder. Uh, Wilder co-wrote with famous novelist Raymond Chandler. Wilder's usual collaborator, Charles Brackett, didn't want to work on the screenplay as he wasn't comfortable with the material. Oh, pretty, interesting. Pretty racy stuff. Yeah. Um, since we're going to be talking a lot about screenplays today, um, looking into the background of this film, Wilder and Chandler, uh, they clashed quite a lot during the writing process. Um, I was reading some of the, the comments on Chandler's complaints of Wilder, and they ranged from he's spending too much time talking on the phone with different women to um, he writes wearing a hat, which really offended oh. Chandler. Um, Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> and things like that. So actually Chandler walked off the project and threatened to quit, and he sent a list of demands, including that Wilder needed to apologize to him for his terrible behavior, um, which he did, and the two finished work on the film. Wow. So writing with a screen partner, maybe we can ask uh, Lisa about this. I I just did it for the first time myself on Unearth, um, and it was a different experience, but maybe we can get into some of that. Did they wear a hat and piss you (laughs) off? (laughs) It was from a long distance, like Los Angeles, so it was all by phone and email and stuff like that. So yes, I didn't need to worry about uh, wardrobe or anything that would offend my writing abilities. So, back to Double Indemnity. It was nominated for seven Oscars. It was inducted into the National Film Registry in 1992. It's 95th place on IMDb's top-rated films of all time. And in 2007, the American Film Institute ranked it as the 29th greatest movie of all time. goes without saying, uh, it's, it's a great film, a classic. And if you haven't seen it on a big screen or seen it all... We hope you will join us. Yeah. I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole whole thing all the way through, though. Well, then hopefully you get a chance. Yeah. (laughs) 
So this week we have Lisa Knight here with us. She's a screenwriter. Uh, hi, Lisa. How are you today? I'm good. How Th are you? Good. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. So why don't you introduce yourself and just give us a quick overview for those who don't know who you are and, and what you do. Um, well, I'm a um, screenwriter, story analyst, and a producer. Um, I started uh, coming up with movie concepts when I was 12. Uh, I used to watch a lot of westerns with my dad. Uh, westerns and all types of television shows and movies. Loved comedy. Loved Jerry Lewis and Carol Burnett. I know it's showing my age now. <laughs> Good stuff. Though. Yeah. But when I was graduating high school, I never heard of anybody being a screenwriter or being in the film business. So. Did you go to school around here? Or yes. Are you originally from yes, here? Yes, I'm oh, originally okay. from here. Where did you go to school at? I went to tech. Oh, okay. I went to tech when it was two sessions. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, which I thought was great. Um, you know, you went to school from 8 to 4.30, three days a week, and then you had the other days to work. That would be pretty oh, nice. awesome. Yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, you know, when I was coming to the end of graduation for high school, I mean, there was no, um, no nothing in the film business for, especially for women. I mean, back then, women were nurses, waitresses, secretaries, or flight attendants. I mean, you just didn't really have a big choice, so that wasn't even a thought in my mind. So I spent two years at... Um, Penn State Baron, okay. majoring in business, um, until my running my money ran out. Uh, <laughs> the student loans weren't real big then. I mean, it was hard uh -huh. to get them and hard to to get money. So when you ran out, you know, you were in trouble. So I had to quit that. Um, I ended up working at Lane Bryant. Okay. Yeah, nice. I was a co-manager. Co I was like 21. Yeah, it was a department yeah. store for larger women, and I weighed 110 pounds, so nobody liked me. <laughs> so uh, nobody really cared for me. The customers didn't really, you know, bond with me. But then I started, I worked for Avco Financial, and I did everything there. I did clerical, I did, I closed loans, I collected for payments um, over the phone. I went out in the field and collected them at the door, and yeah, that didn't go over too well. I actually, I collected a lot of payments, but I mean, this 110-pound little girl coming to the door, you know, I didn't want your payment. It was like, <laughs> but they gave them to me. I mean, I smiled a lot, and they actually gave them to me, so. And were you writing on the side while, while you were doing all this? No, it wasn't okay. even a thought. Okay. Um, I didn't think that it was a possibility for me. Um, I actually moved to Cleveland when I was 25, and I worked for a big bank there. I did collections there. And then I ran into some health issues, and I was actually bedridden, and I didn't quite know what to do with myself. Um, not the type of person just to sit around and twiddle my thumbs. So that's when I started to write. I started writing poems. I got one published, and uh, I started writing short stories. And then I wrote a novel. I uh, worked on a novel for quite a while, um, went to a couple uh, conferences. Um, the one conference I had some um, really good advice to make it better and went to another conference and actually had an agent that was interested, um, mm. Agnes Birnbaum. I don't know why. Never forget her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, names stick in your head and you don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, that stuck in my head, but she was from New York. And she was really interested in my novel and um, said, you know, hey, uh, you're going to need to do some rewrites on it and things like that. And I was just tired of it by then. Mm -hmm. uh, it just wasn't for me, and I just wasn't into it that much and I didn't know what to do with myself. And That particular story? Yeah, mm -hmm. just kind of tired of it and wasn't really thinking of other things yet and started thinking about other things, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I saw this article in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about these two women who were um, – you know, had been in the Hollywood business for quite a long time and did a lot of um, craft services, you know, started out low and 
they actually formed a production company and um, was in Hollywood and connected to all these people and um, sold something. And so I thought, geez, you know, I have started to think of these ideas for movies again, um, sparked some interest and gave them a call and they said, well, you need to write scripts. And I said, <laughs> oh, okay, what is that? <laughs> so I had to start, um, and that was in 2002. Okay. Um, so I before started. then you'd never did thought so about before like screenwriting before no, you just I, liked writing just, just in general? I, I just loved movies and went to movies and wanted to know how it worked and you know just I mean the thought process was there but I just didn't think it was a possibility right of being actually doing it mm -hmm. until this I talked to this producer went on to read the writer's journey making a good script great I subscribed to Variety and the Hollywood Reporter and started watching Entertainment Tonight a lot and You're jumping <laughs> all in yeah yeah I just started jumping into all these things and then I kind of got out of the head of the game a bit. Um, I get really passionate about things. I'm a real passionate person. And when I have an idea and it's in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm not thinking of, you know, really if you can or not. Yeah, not no logistics. You're just like, I'm doing this. Yes. It's like, okay, I really, I, I really was attached to this story um, with this gold medalist. And I thought her story was so interesting. And she had written books. And she was pretty high profile. So, I, you know, most people would probably think that's not a possibility. But... I found her number, I called her and said, you know, I, I'd like to write a screenplay on you. <laughs> she said, okay. Uh -huh. So I- Can you say who it is? I, you don't want to? I don't okay. care to, yeah. <laughs> sure, no I'll problem. think about that if All I right. can or not, but- um, We'll keep it hush hush. So like for six months, I wrote her story and um, sent the script and she liked it. And um, her lawyers then got involved. And the, the producer that I was working, who admits it now, we were kind of ahead of our own, both of our own games. Um, mm. I don't think we kind of, you know, it's like, wow, okay, I got this. Now what am I going to do with it? And the lawyers got involved in that. And then it kind of fell through. Mm. So um, so that script is sitting there. Uh -huh. <laughs> Did you learn some lessons along the way for sure? Big lessons, yeah. Because then I... Um, you know who John Kansas is. He um, invented a, a cancer treatment for using radio waves because I believe he owned a radio station. And, he's from and he had had cancer, so he was um, going to these uh, the treatments, and he saw these young people there and felt really bad for them. And he just kept thinking, "There's got to be a way." And I believe he would get up in the middle of the night, and I think he used a pie plate or something to actually figure this out. Mm -hmm. And um, but he became really big around town yeah. and, and, you know, that kind of thing. But when he first started, um, there was a couple, there was an article in the Erie Times. And I wasn't actually living here. I was living in Indiana, Pennsylvania at the time. And when I came up, I, uh, I, I saw this article and I thought, wow, this guy's going to be big. And this would be a great story. So I called him and uh, met with him. Mm. And great guy, <laughs> wonderful guy and um, said, you know, I'd like to write your screenplay. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I, I wasn't at the professional level of writing screenplays. Um, you but know. you obviously had a knack for, you were like finding people yes. that were yeah. just about to blow up, right? Yes, so. I, yeah, and I don't, yeah, I, I don't know how I even thought of, you know, what I was, I, I was just really, mind boggled with myself actually thinking, what are you doing? And <laughs> But you're clearly drawn to like true stories too, yes. rather than just like trying to take your own No, I'm I'm both. I'm okay. and I don't have a genre that I stick stick with, you know, I don't stick with dramas or horrors or anything like that. I just have this thing where I just write anything. <laughs> but this just happened to really hit me right. So anyway I met with him and um, we talked and 
had lunch and, and this and that. And um, How long ago was this? Jeez. Oh, Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> it was really, um, I'm trying to think when he first started. It had to be 10 years ago. Okay. Because, um, you know, he passed away, mm -hmm. which was just very upsetting. But anyway, he ended up down in Texas, and he was working with doctors down there and all that kinds of stuff. So I was following everything, you know, even though I was away. I was following everything, but the problem is, is that I didn't know what I was doing that well. And, you know, if you don't know the business, mm. um, you're in trouble. Yeah. So I, you know, and so I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be doing. Am I supposed to be, you know, writing this or, or you know, taking notes or, so I was just kind of winging it. And then um, his story got into Reader's Digest. So he got real big. And then, um, I, you know, and I kept telling the producer, I'm like, okay, this is getting really big. So she's out in Hollywood. She's trying to sell sell it. She's trying to mm -hmm. do things. And I'm like, no, no, this is getting big. We have to do something now. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up on 60 Minutes, mm -hmm. I think you know. And um, he uh, emailed me the next morning and said, four major studios called. And wow. Yeah. I said, well, I figured. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I figured. We'll see ya. It was nice knowing ya. <laughs> no. Um, so I just knew. And so the lesson there is know the business, mm -hmm. you know, before you jump into things. Uh, really know the business. And what like, would you do yeah. differently now, like today? Oh, my Lord. Um, I would have uh, gotten my education. I would have um, gotten more uh, contacts, um, you know, because I was getting contacts and that, but I would have definitely went to went to UCLA and gotten my screenwriter certificate mm -hmm. and gotten to that professional level before I even approached anyone about doing their story. Did you have any kind of thing written up with either of these people like in a, a contract oh, or an agreement? Well, or no because like I said I, I mean, knew that I had to have a contract in that but I didn't know what in the producer that you know I just we just didn't know yeah. I mean I, I had an agreement I needed what happened was is that I needed a life race option Okay. And when I went to do the, you know, Royal Air Force option, that's when she said, okay, no, wait, you know, we need to get a lawyer, you know, I need to get my yeah, lawyers legal. involved. Right. We need to get my lawyers involved. So I got away with things up until that point. Uh -huh. um, but then, which I wasn't trying to get away with anything. I just didn't know. Sure. Um, and then we kind of said, well, you know, she's like, well, you know, I, I'm just not going to sign something that's a life rights option unless, you know, you know, because I wasn't established in the business enough. I didn't have enough people around me that knew what they were doing. Yeah. So that's the lesson there is to really know what you're doing before you ask anybody. For it. Yeah. So then after that, is, did you go to UCLA? Yes. Okay. And it, it was it basically that, that kind of yes. drove you to do that? So, yes. Very much so, to really get educated. And, and, and I had taken a class when I was down in Indiana, Pennsylvania, screenwriting class. So, um, but it wasn't enough. I needed a lot more education mm -hmm. and a lot more into the business, you know. Because you can look stuff up online and find things, but it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when you're in it and you're talking And going to, to school people. probably gives you that con those contacts, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, very much so. You get contacts and um, you just learn so much. And I just continued with my education. And then I went and after I got my certificate, I took another class and I took a story analysis class so that I could be a reader. Um, yeah, I just totally swarmed myself, and I just finished um, Aaron Sorkin's master class, which, oh, wow. was, nice. which was great, yeah. um, fantastic. It's about a year long, but it's really fun. So what does a story analyst do? Well, you write, you can write uh, coverage. You can be a reader for 
uh, different um, you know, like uh, screenwriting contests. You can do it for producers. So it's reading someone else's work. Writing, yes, it's reading someone else's work from the organizations, um, you know, so that they don't have to go through them all individually. And then you write coverage, which is um, a synopsis and comments on the film. So you're kind of giving, you're saving someone time yes. from reading the entire script. Yes, saving them a lot of time. And you can get a job. But the goal is, I think, is to get the job in the studios mm -hmm. to do that. Um, but you really have to start off with the contests and the producers and kind of get your, you know, unless you get lucky and you know somebody. I mean, because like for my class, um, when I was actually taking my, uh, when I was doing my, my certificate, the um, professor there, or the instructor there, um, he would get, students jobs you know from the organization and I remember he contacted me and he says oh I forgot you didn't take that story analysis class during your certificate so I was like oh man <laughs> so I took this story analysis class yeah. you know <laughs> to do that so I'm still I'm still in touch with them as a matter of fact we emailed yesterday so oh, okay. yeah we stay and been staying in touch with each other for a long time do you enjoy doing that as well yes mm -hmm. yes do you learn I would assume you learn a lot of uh you know kind of things that work and things yes. that don't work by reading so many scripts. Yeah, and you, you kind of learn to um, gauge whether it's going to be a mass appeal to the audiences and, um, you know, if it's, you know, taps into the right um, group of people that needs to be because some people are kind of off on that a bit. So, yeah, you do, you do learn so much when you read, and I recommend yeah. that. I mean, I do recommend also for writers to go on IMSDB and read scripts. Oh, you just can read them all the time. I have not one. I, I haven't either. Yeah. So what you have so. like uh, kind of publicly available works that have been produced already, kind of a thing, or can they be films that are screenplays that haven't been? You mean produced? an IMSDB? Yeah. Those are just those are scripts from all movies from oh, everything. Okay. It's oh. sometimes it's hard to get a hold of the Oscar winning ones, but oh, you usually okay. can track them down. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. um, I found Green Book. Okay. Which was I thought. A fantastic movie. Good, good screenplay oh, too. I thought yes, mm -hmm. excellent screenplay. One of the best I've read. Okay, yeah, I've read too. many, many. <laughs> and it's free to yes view. The, oh. Yeah, that's oh, okay. free because when I was um, going back to when I was starting out, when I was just doing all those books and reading the books and everything, it was hard to find scripts. You had to actually buy them. And I think Drew Scriptorama was back then, oh, and yeah, um, yeah and, mm -hmm. and there was a few other ones that were out there that you Forgot had to like that. actually buy. <laughs> So I would purchase those and that, and it wasn't until later that I think, you know, then IMSDB came along and some other ones, yeah, to be able to get a hold of those. But so you'd, like, watch a movie and then read the screenplay and see, like, how it's translating on yes. screen? Okay. Yes, well, in class, they they actually, you had to do that. I mean, for some of the classes that I did, you actually had to sit there with your, and, and when I read, when I watch movies now, I read them. Um, drives my husband crazy. <laughs> you read it while you're watching? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm on my phone thing, just <laughs> reading the script and watching it. And, and, and once you actually get your certificate, you don't look at movies the same anymore. Mm. Yeah. You just yeah. can't. I mean, you're just picking them apart. That's why I enjoyed Green Book so much because I didn't have to pick anything apart uh -huh. and I liked it all. And I really couldn't find anything, which is un very unusual to not be able to find something to pick on. Yeah. And yeah. High and do you, do you find that like the films differ a lot from the screenplays or like what do you think about that? Sometimes they're off a little bit off of the scripts, um, but most of the time they're pretty on, especially the dialogue's pretty on usually. It, it depends if you get a shooting script or if you get um, one that's maybe a 
yeah, that's a little early, like a spec script yeah. they sometimes put on there. You can tell sometimes it's not, yeah. you know, a certain draft, like it's a third oh, draft okay. or something. Yeah, it's like a different draft. Okay. But most of the time it's pretty much on. But it's really fun to do. I find that fun. That's like my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so when you graduated UCLA, what did you get into then? Did you go right into back into screenplay, screenwriting, or did you? Oh, I never stopped. Okay. I never stopped writing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm a writing freak. <laughs> so what was like your first project when you graduated? Last script that I finished was a comedy um, called Birdie, and um, this latest one actually was from the one that I had uh, was a short from the that I was a finalist in in the Great Area Film oh, Office. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, Stuart said something about, you know, this doesn't, this isn't the whole thing, is it? I said, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I actually find writing shorts harder, mm. very much harder. You have to condense all that yeah. information. I have too much information in my head to be able to do that. It has yeah. to have a beginning, middle, and end for me. I can't, you know, so I have a really hard time with that. So I did, I finished, I just finished that script. Uh -huh. um, into a feature, so. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I think it came out pretty cool. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, good. I want to read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you can. Awesome. I would like that. Um, right, where are we at now? You've produced too, right? Yes. Um, you've produced some shorts, if I recall. I did. Um, yes, I produced um, The Ugly File and The Weeping Woman. Mark Steenland. Those were shorts, yeah, Mark Steenland's. I um, actually, I went to him after I had moved back here because I was gone for a while from Erie, and I moved back here, and I just needed some help with, I just wanted to, I'm always looking for someone to, you know, that's does screenwriting and that, and I had looked him up, and of course I called him <laughs> and said, hey, you know, I wondered if you could look up my screenplays. He's like, okay, well then he's like, okay, well I need some help. <laughs> And uh, so I associated, I was associate producer okay. for that mm -hmm. first one, The Ugly File, because his student was working on that and was a, was one of his projects. So I kind of uh, got locations and oh, cool. it was fun. I had a blast. Um, Mark's somebody that he, now he knows shorts. Yes. Like he, he knows how to boil that stuff down and have that he, little twist at the does. end. And yeah, he's like a master. He is, at he's that. very good yeah. at that. Um, he's a very good mentor for producing because I didn't have a clue about that. And I learned a lot from him. And yeah. Yeah, I worked on his um, feature that he had done. Um, and I worked on a webisode, uh, one of the episodes for his webisode series that he was doing. And um, yeah, I, I just had, had, I had so much fun doing those. <laughs> and when was that? Was that recently? Oh, no, that was probably about, mm, gosh, it's been about probably seven, yeah. six, oh, seven okay. years ago. It's been a while for that too. Nice. Yeah. So what's what's the current project that you're working on? <laughs> <laughs> you or mean, projects? You mean, one? <laughs> <laughs> you mean one? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I just finished that one um, Birdie. feature. Is it called Birdie? Uh, Birdie was um, uh, my comedy. Okay. I just finished Blurred Lines. That okay. was my latest, the one that I had turned the short into a feature. Um, working on a children's book that I'm going to turn into a feature, an animated feature. Um, my sister's actually helping me with that, um, getting the research, because there's a lot of research for this particular subject. Um, working on live documentary projects that I would love to get done. Um, That's kind of coming back into your original, like, true story roots. Yeah. Interest. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm working on a story Bible for that, um, but I'm doing a lot of research for that. Um, for What's a story Bible? For, for a television series. I'm sorry, 
Um, yeah, I'm working on a television series. I have three of them, and the one I'm working on a story bible for that. And it's um, just uh, it's basically just what um, the um, episodes are going to be like from you know doing so many episodes and. Um, just working on all your research for it. So. Like the whole structure of... Yeah. It's like creating uh, like the world almost. Yeah. It's something that it's newer. Uh, it's newer because when I was doing... I, I wrote some television series when I was, um, you know, working on things back then. And um, back then you just kind of had to write like the first, I think, 22 episodes of it. Wow. And yeah, you had to do a lot of work. And I think they kind of condensed that down into a story Bible now. Where okay. you just have to do so much work. Sure. And then present it to, yeah, and then do your pitch mm -hmm. um, for it. So I'm kind of new at that. I've just started doing it, so I don't know a whole lot about it. But, um, yeah, but I've been working on that, too, um, working on the manager aspect of getting a manager for all my projects because I have so many. Uh, <laughs> That's probably a good idea. So many, and, you know, you hope one sticks uh, <laughs> while you're doing it. But, um, yeah, uh, trying to get a manager. And I know there's some hoopla out there out in Hollywood right now about agency managers. I don't know if mm -hmm. you've seen that. But, yeah, um, with the WGA. Yeah, with yeah. the WGA, I just They've say, all been fired. Yeah. Yeah. I just say, you know, just make sure you just watch and know the business so that you don't get, um, you know, taken over by anybody. Um, just watch yourself. I mean, the WGA, they're there to protect you, so to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I still recommend you copyright your work. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good uh, – we'll cover yeah. stuff like that in our roundtable. But, yeah, that's a good tip for sure. Yeah. You can do Library of Congress. Library of Congress. You can do WGA. I, I say um, okay. copyright over WGA. And if you want to do both, you can. I don't see the point. But, um, They're both like, what, 30, 40, 50 bucks, something like that? Yeah, I do? think that, well, the copyright office is a little more than WGA. Okay. But I think well, you know, if, you happen to, if you have to sue somebody, I believe they cover the costs of your lawyers oh, okay. and things oh, like okay. that with the copyright office. So I always say, you know, Smart. might as yeah. well go with that. Yeah, yeah. Just in case. So... Do you want to move into the Should we move into the round table? I don't know. Sure, let's <laughs> do it. You got me excited now. About <laughs> yeah, when you finish a work, you go to, is it, what's it called? Is it the U.S. Copyright Office? Is that what it's called? The United States Copyright yeah, Office? Yeah, I think it is. And then um, for the WGA, which is the Writers Guild, um, there's like an East and a West yes. office. And so you would register with. On the West. On the west yeah. for us. Yeah, because the east is New York. Oh, yeah, That's right. New York office, so you want to yeah, go on the west. Gotcha. Um, and you can go to their websites, and it's straightforward with how to, you upload those, you pay online, and yeah, yeah, it's that's pretty, pretty much it. But Actually, then you're covered. Yes. Yeah, and I think um, some of the software, even a Final Draft, I think Movie Magic, they both actually have a rated on there that you can register right through the oh nice yeah software I think what I guess uh, what do you use then to write with it sounds oh. like Final Draft well I used Movie Magic for a long time mm -hmm. for twenty years probably and I just started Final Draft okay um, last year to compare and so I've been working off of the Final Draft and I find them both very similar and I think some have better you know good points and bad points yeah. so. I think it, you know. I think Final Draft is more acceptable. I think in Hollywood, so I probably would go to that. Got you. Okay. Uh, mine's the one I'm using now is called Fade In. I really like it a lot. I what do you use? Oh, okay. Unregistered version of Fade In always <laughs> comes up on my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what ten bucks? Yeah. Or I, well, I right now I'm not. I haven't written anything in a while, okay. so 
I'm not really a writer, but like when I had to write for school, that's yeah. what I would use. Understood. So. <laughs> but I actually do have a question. Um, so you kind of talked about school a little bit. So I'm wondering what's your opinion on schooling? Because I know a lot of people think like for filmmaking, you don't need to go to school for it, but it sounds like you think I for think screenwriting, you should. Yeah. Okay. It was invaluable for you. Yes, I think it was. Just to know the business. I think if you right? really want to get, if you're serious about it, if you're a serious writer, screenwriter, I think you should. Okay. I think it's. Yeah. I yeah, think it's, it's, you know, worth the money. And I think if there was a, I mean, it, it can get expensive for um, UCLA to, for the course, but I think they're the best. Yeah. yeah I think you if you're going to do one. it, you might as well. <laughs> yeah. You might as well do that. You can do it all online. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, great. You can do it oh, all nice. online. So, um, and you can take classes at a time. So I think there's a period of time where you have to, um, I think it's two years. I took a class in 2007, and then I didn't start my certificate in 2011, but they did include that class for me. Great. So you, there's a period of time, like a two-year period, that you have to get it. But um, I don't know how it is now, but um, so you can take, you know, as classes as you go and, and pay. Nice. At your own um, pace. Yeah, at nice. your own pace for, you know, for that time period. Yeah. And hopefully they'll spread that out a little bit. Okay, cool. Good to know. So when you have an idea, um, what are kind of some of your first steps, Lisa? Do you write, do the write what you know thing? Or it sounds like a lot of yours is um, you have an interest or you see a story or something like that, and that kind of sparks you. My ideas come like um, I know um, people who write music and things like that. The, the melody kind of comes to them a lot of times. That's how I am with Idea, concepts they come to me and they'll come to me in a dream they'll mm -hmm. come to me anytime I'll see something I can like look at something and just say I can make a movie out of that uh -huh. I don't you know it's just it just comes to me I don't know why but it's um, I think I might be lucky there because I know a lot of people struggle with the concepts and my problem yeah. is I have too many <laughs> 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 I have too many and uh, you know trying to get them all written is right. you know a, a challenge and like I said I get passionate about things so I try to have to, I'm trying to work on the focus and just focus on certain things. and Yeah, like pick one and dive into it. Yeah. So what do you do to dive in? So an idea comes in, hits you, you can't yeah. shake it. You're like, okay, this, this could be something. What's kind of like your first steps? Well, I used to not have any real first steps, but then I started developing. I, I write a beat sheet now. What's a beat sheet? Okay, I'll still go with a scene outline first because a scene outline, sometimes that will come to me first okay and that kind of helps me separate things so a scene outline you just write each scene what it's about okay because just like a one or two liner yeah just like a one or two liner about what it's about and I think that's um, really important for people to do from the beginning to the end mm -hmm. is just to write that out so you're kind of laying an outline of plot points basically. right yes mm -hmm. it would be your plot Mm -hmm. um, just your plot points all the way down from beginning to end and just write the scenes on how you see them in your head yeah and then a beat sheet kind of is a little more um, loose, where it's more, um, say, uh, I, you know, so and so is, is drove to this place, and then, you know, they went here and they did this, and then like they did all the that. Actions. Yeah, it's, it's okay. more of the actions to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I do both now, and okay. I think it keeps your head straight on what you need to do and what you're missing. And I see you can see what's missing when you do that. Yeah, and when you start when you start writing like the actual script and the screenplay. Do you start, where do you start? Do you start with the climax, the beginning, the end? Because I've heard a lot of people start with the climax and work off of that. 
Um, no, I start at the beginning, um, but in my head, I usually know how it's going to begin, and you probably want to know how it's going to end so that you can fill it in in the middle so you can, you know, say, okay, I need all these points to be able to get to this point here. Okay. And that's kind of how character development would be. Um, you want that arc, you want that character arc to go from, you know, a certain place where, say, your character's fatal flaw is uh, being a racist, and mm. so by the end of this movie, okay, I want them to be friends with a Mexican. Yeah. So you want to have some kind of a plan. Yeah. Okay. That. Yeah. Nice. What is, um, you know, th- people talk about the general three-act structure, and I know I think you've talked about, like, the five-act. Four. Or four, sorry. It's really four. Okay, people that's what People say it's is. three, yeah. but it's actually four. And I think if you, and, and that really helps you when you're a reader, too, is to, to break it up into four anyway. But the first act is where you're going to set everything up, and the first part of the second act is the progress that the character's making up to the midpoint. And then um, the second part of the second act is um, kind of the uh, struggles and the conflict and the downfall going down, uh-huh. although you should have conflict through your whole script. And then your climax is your third act. Uh-huh. So you want to s- definitely have four. It's helped me a lot, and that I learned in my classes. Um, but when you talking about character, uh, how do you decide, like, I mean, I guess when you come up with the idea originally, do you know kind of who the main perspective is or the main protagonist is or sometimes do you kind of find that as you're outlining? Yeah, a lot of times you find that as you're writing your script Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes in your outline and that but usually when you're writing your script for me anyway I I find it um, you know just by what they're doing and how I'm going to have them react to certain things is how you kind of gauge on okay this character is starting to be like this and I kind of get it from actors um, sometimes. Uh-huh. Sometimes um, family. <laughs> okay. So you Friends. have specific people yeah. that you visualize that yes. help you. Yes, and then with. I kind of create this person that's um, different from all of them, but the same kind of. And mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of piece them together. But I think a fatal flaw is is, is pretty important in your script, and people forget that. Um, that's the flaw that's going to keep your character from kind of. Know, the struggle of their character getting their journey finished keeps them interesting right yeah. makes yes. them interesting yes, they're not does. just vanilla yeah. and yeah. you know, you know always doing right always nice and yeah. you know <laughs> yeah you know, they're an alcoholic or mm-hmm. you know they're you know have a certain bipolar or mm-hmm. you know they could have just about anything that's going to kind of keep them from their journey keep them struggling keep them struggling so do you find that your story builds off of your character or your character builds off your story um, usually my uh, character builds off my story how important is setting to you? And because um, I had an experience where I had to, so for Unearth, I had two specific locations in mind. And so I wrote the entire script based on like traits and locations and, and things that I could use plot wise and in character development with those locations. And then we lost those locations when we went into, when we were just like, a month away from production one of them didn't work out so we had to find two totally different locations because they need to be across the road from each other um, so in a way I kind of regretted from a director standpoint building in so much specificity for location so I'm wondering for for you for a writer is it best to like really be specific on location and setting or is it better to keep it a little more broad in the writing 
process that gives that flexibility. It just depends on how it's going to do for the character. I mean, how yeah. is it going to make the character, um, you know, does it fit in there? Um, would they actually go there? Would they not go there? Or, you know, I think it all kind of fits in with the script. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think you did anything wrong. I think it just... Yeah, we figured it out. Yeah, I mean, it's it, still yeah. where we ended up filming yeah. actually made it better. Yeah. Um, and it probably depends on budget and everything, too. Yeah. That's what I was yeah, thinking, yeah. too, yeah. the budget. $100 yeah. dollars, right. you write whatever the hell you want, <laughs> right. you're going to get it. <laughs> yeah, true. And that's true. The budget has a lot to do with it because right now I'm not... I'm thinking of the budget to a certain extent, but minor features, and they're going to be hopefully bought by a studio, so I'm yeah. thinking big. And if you, and I know that, I know this one producer would tell me, oh my gosh, you're killing me. (laughs) (laughs) But I write it as I see it. Yeah. And then I'll worry about that later. Like kind of best case scenario. Yes, best case. limit your vision. Right. And then I know that I can do it in a different way when I'm doing it. It's just in my head. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do this big, huge scene, but I know I can do it different if I had to. Yeah, I think if you're probably, screenwriting is, is your thing and you're not like a filmmaker screenwriter. Because right. you're probably writing a little differently if, if you're a filmmaker and you know probably what your budget's going to be. You're probably not yeah. going to say, hey, it's going to take place in space. and you know. yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why I find shorts so hard. <laughs> because I know when I'm writing shorts, I'm thinking of pro- as a producer. And that's kind of stifling my, you <laughs> yeah. know, what I really want to do. But that's okay. I mean, it, it works out. I mean, there's a lot of, especially in Erie, there's a, so many locations that you can find that are that are really great yeah i don't think it's yeah i don't think it's a big problem do you write for eerie generally as a setting Mm -hmm. for my short Uh (laughs) for my shorts yeah (laughs) i don't know about my features i don't know how you know they would do but um yeah for my shorts i do So now we're going to jump into questions that we got from the web. So thank you, uh, people, for writing in. Uh, Tyler asked, what do you do to prepare your space for writing? What's your space look like? My space. And what do you do to get in, uh, I guess, to the perfect writing environment for yourself? Well, I got one of those cozy desks. What's a cozy desk? (laughs) It's a little desk that you can carry around all over your house. Um, and it actually, it's got all these adjustable things for it where it's got height and everything. And I found it on the internet and it's not well, real cheap, but it, it was worth the money. I really like it. And oh, you can nice. actually take it on travel and things it's like that. It's called a cozy desk? I like that's yeah, I think it's called you a cozy take desk. Anywhere because you can take it <laughs> yeah. to your bed, right Just take your it. bed. Well, yeah, and that's kind of my <laughs> space right now. It was in my basement but my sister's living down there now Uh so which I love so now I just kind of um have an area in our Florida room that sometimes I'll write and um I think you just have to be where you're comfortable Mm -hmm. and where you know that your brain's going to work really well yeah and sometimes it's on my bed and you know just depends yeah yeah do you need I mean for me I I now need to be kind of like completely distraction Free. Yeah. So I get up really early now mm-hmm. to write, basically. Is, is, it's morning. is that similar for you? Yes, morning's always best. You know, mm-hmm. got more energy. Your brain's kind of, you know, free from everything. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. If I try to do like anything to. at night, it's like game over. <laughs> Don't even try. Well, I think I've been doing it for so long that now I can write with some distraction and I can write at night. Um, I don't 
like to try to write before I go to bed too much because mm-hmm. then my brain starts working too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, you can't sleep because you're thinking of all these ideas. Yeah. So I try to avoid that. But, yeah, I think, you know, because I can write on planes now. And oh, I nice. just get my earplug things in. Right. And, um, Which kind of goes to the next question. Do you listen to music uh, when you write? Oh, and Lord, no, I can't do okay. that. So, no, I'm not that focused. Okay. <laughs> no, I have to have a, you know... I can do a little distraction behind me, but yeah, I, I really prefer, I get the most done, I should say, when my husband goes away or, and everybody's gone and right. I just have like a day complete or two silence. to just complete nothing. And mm-hmm. I get so much done then. Mm-hmm. So distraction definitely does affect your yeah. writing. I've actually done it both For me ways. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Completely quiet. Yeah. And I've had like, I wouldn't necessarily say like song songs but maybe soundtracks or something yeah, like that yeah i've tried listening to like soundtracks mm-hmm. and seeing if it helps yeah and has it eh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i haven't written Jury's much still out. so <laughs> or editing or any anything like that i guess yeah with editing i think it probably helps set the tone yeah if you have the right music if you're listening to like an 80s soundtrack you're trying to do something very <laughs> modern it's like no <laughs> good point um let's see oh what uh so writer's block um have you ever experienced that, and do you have any tips or remedies for when you're stuck? I've been kind of lucky. I don't have a lot of writer's block. My problem is not to do it. I mean, just to like, okay, just stop and hmm. relax and go do something else. So I'm getting better at that, but um, I've had some times where I just I throw my script out the window. I mean, just you get so tired of it, and you're so frustrated, and that's when you have to walk away. Mm. I recommend that you don't look at it for a week. Okay. You don't burn yourself out. Yeah, you just don't look at it for a while. I mean, yeah. everybody's probably different on the time frame. I go about a week, and I just don't even think about it or look at it for a while. And then you kind of come back, and it looks fresh to you. Do you work on other stuff while you're doing it, or you just I try not to, but I kind of sneak a little and do a couple <laughs> of things to other things. But, yeah, I try just to stay away from it. I think you could work on other things or do something and then come back yeah. and go, oh, geez, this looks really fresh now. That's a that's probably one of the big things I recommend for people to put it down. Yeah. Are you writing multiple things at once usually, or do you keep focused kind of on? I'm trying to stay, well, I try to stay focused on, especially if I'm doing a, a, a feature. Mm-hmm. I try to stay, fo- I stay focused on that because that takes, you know, a year or so. I mean, it takes a long time to really do. Yeah. So I try to stay away from everything else and just focus on that and that I did, so... So I have the two um, really professionally done screenplays done, and I have all these different works in different stages. Of <laughs> that's why I'm looking for the manager. Gotcha. <laughs> I think I need someone to get me in line Organize and say, "Okay, <laughs> stop. You need to just do this one or just do that one." I think we're all different in that mm-hmm. aspect. Where you know, some yeah. people like you know just can only work on one thing and. I can go off of it for a while and work on something else, but I really, like, especially if it's a feature, I need to stick with it and keep my brain in the game. Sure. Yeah. Because you're always thinking of um, ideas, you know, like you're writing in the car, you're doing this, or you're in the shower. A lot of times I get ideas, and it's like, okay, i got to do this to the script, and you're always tweaking. And yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Jessica also asks, uh, so writing dialogue, do you have any tips for writing dialogue? I guess you'd really want to know your character really yes. well and you don't want them to all sound the same yeah you want to make yeah. sure that the voices are distinct and you know especially with your scenes you want to make sure you have a beginning and a middle and an end to your scenes and I know that the big thing in Hollywood you know they went through a period where everything was short mm. the scenes were real short and they didn't kind of finish and they were you know jumping around all over the place right. and stuff 
but um, I think that to get a really good scene, you need to have a good beginning and middle and an end, and your dialogue um, needs to have some background in it, um, you know, just, and every word or every um, line has to have a meaning. There has to be a meaning to it, so. Uh -huh. When you go through your script and you're going through your dialogue, if it doesn't mean anything, you cut it out. Um, you it's know, not moving the If it's plot not forward. moving anything forward mm -hmm. and it doesn't have a lot to do with what's going on, then you need to cut it out because I know a lot of people like to add things to try to make it real or whatever. Um, yeah, you want to cut it if it doesn't mean anything. Does it help to have someone read it back to you to kind of see like if your characters are sounding too similar or? Yeah, because yeah. well, yeah, I've I've done that. I mean, because I mean, I know Carnegie Screenwriters Group they do that, and I've sent the, you know something over and they you know read aloud. That was oh, okay. Short. They read. Oh, nice. Yeah, they have a. Um, and what do they do? Record it for you, or no, you go and? Um, no, you just um, take um, copies of your script, and you hand it out um, to certain people to do your characters, and then they read that. Oh, where um, do they do this? At our Carnegie Screenwriters Group. Oh, nice. Yeah. So where can we find information about them? Or um, just look them up, okay. Carnegie Screenwriters. Huh. Um, yeah, they're in Pittsburgh. Nice. And they meet once a month. And, um, yeah, that's, it's fun. And, yeah, and, and to hear that out loud, well, now I do it on my final draft. Your final draft has a um, voice. Oh, really? And, they, yeah, and you create the voices on it, and then it reads it back to you. You wow. the voices. Nice. Yeah, cool. like yeah. girl, boy, you know, they say, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. And I try to speed it up so when it's going through the script, it's not going slow. Mm. So I try to speed all the voices up a mm -hmm. little bit so that I can get a more of a flow. Because I know a lot of times it's, you know, you can, like, the speed's low and it's like, okay, and it sounds like there's, you know, it takes taking <laughs> forever. Okay, s just spit it out. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, but that, that really helps too. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Um, well, wrapping up here, are there any other sources or tips? Um, I know you mentioned some books early on uh, that you would recommend for sure that people should read or start start with reading or any podcast. Like, for example, I listen to Script Notes, which is a podcast with John August and Craig Mazin. Craig Mazin um, just did the Chernobyl series that he uh, wrote. Yeah, and led, and John August has done tons of tons of different kinds of films but are there any things that you would recommend you know if, if you want to get into screenwriting and kind of learn the basics and oh the, the basics yeah the screenwriter's bible okay um, that's that's pretty good yeah, that'll give you everything in there at once so nice anything from class you can remember that you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that um either of you two Huh? No, you don't not really. I mean, you're like I'm know. not a like, writer. Yeah, well, yeah, I, it's <laughs> tough because like we never had a screen. I never took a screenwriting class. They okay. just were like, here, write a script, and wow. like, this is the basics. Wow. You, wow, that's tough. Yeah, it's not exactly like that anymore. Like right now, we're. I mean, now we have a, a group. Before it was just we would each make our own films. So it's like you write, produce, and direct yeah. your own film. Find your crew, find your actors, do it all yourself. Yeah. Now. Um, the class works as a crew. So what we did last year was everyone wrote three synopsises for three different stories. Okay. We pitched them. Oh. We picked the best three. Very democratic. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. we all wrote a script. Okay. 
from the based off of those three, and then whoever was the best got ah, picked. That's oh. interesting. That yeah. is interesting. I kind of like that. So yeah. the pressure was kind of. I was like, oh, thank God, yeah. like you don't have to write my yeah. stuff anymore. Because yeah, I'm not. A, I don't really. I I'm might steal that idea. I'm teaching uh, teens uh, the next couple months. I might. Yeah, I might it's steal good. Well, that then idea. everyone gets a chance to write and see yeah. if they like it, and yeah, and then everyone reads everyone else's and gets mm-hmm. ideas off of that. So interesting. It's a good idea. Yeah. Quite a group. So, is there yeah. enough? Is there enough people in Erie, the area, that um, can get a screenwriters group together and, and do that? That would be so much fun. That would be yeah. great. It would. I think it would definitely be helpful for students. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that's a great idea, though, Lisa. That um, maybe th- our listeners, um, we should get your feedback. If you would be interested in being in our local writers group. Yes, yeah. and I'd love to, you know, do a workshop or do. Um, uh, private screenwriting consultations or something. Yeah. But there has to be enough interest. For sure. Yeah, to do oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there is. Yeah. yeah. So thanks, Lisa, for being here with us today. It was a great conversation. Thank you for having me. Uh, that's been our episode. Remember, you can buy tickets for Double Indemnity at filmsocietynwpa.org or at the door. Doors open Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. On June 17th's episode, our guest will be filmmaker and director of the Oil Valley Film Festival, Matthew Croyle. We are then off for two weeks, returning July 8th with photojournalist Matham Bashaga. Make sure you follow us on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this was Film Green. This podcast is produced by Edinburgh University Center for Branding and Strategic Communication. It's part of the Northwest Pennsylvania Innovation Beehive Network. Thanks for listening.